You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Game time with Boomer Esiason. This week's guest is one of hockey's most popular players of all time, King Henrik, Henrik Lundqvist. Back in 2005, today's guest wanted to make a brand new start of it in old New York. Not only did he quickly prove that he could make it there, but in representing his native Sweden internationally, he also proved he could make it anywhere. And it's my pleasure to welcome the great Henrik Lundqvist, to game time. Henrik, it is great to see you. And as you can see, I have a smile on my face because you are one of my favorite New York athletes of all time. <laughs> Thanks, Boomer. It's good to see you. Yeah, good to see you. A lot of great memories. We're going to get into all of that. But I want to ask you first whether or not you have adjusted to civilian life now that you're a TV commentator. Step by step. Uh, no, to be honest, it's been a great fall. I retired in August last year and it's been uh, it's been amazing. You know, a lot of time with friends, family, traveling more, been able to uh, really pick and choose the things I want to do. So I'm off to a good start as a retired retired man. Yeah, you're a retired man. But you know what? You, you broke my heart a little bit. I got to say this because you, you did, didn't want to retire immediately. You wanted to go play for the Washington Capitals. And I was like, I can't imagine seeing him in a Capitals jersey. But unfortunately for you, you found out something about your heart. You had open heart surgery. Number one, how are you feeling, and uh, how did they find out about it? Yeah, so to be honest, last year and a half, it's been a roller coaster, no question about it. After 15 years, ended in New York. To your point, you know, I, I just felt like I still wanted to play. I, I started going to the rink, uh, and I realized how much I love playing the game. So I got an opportunity to sign in Washington, and I was really excited about it. It was a new challenge for me. Uh, but I did struggle with that decision because, to me, it was it was hard to picture myself playing anywhere else other than in New York. Uh, but when I realized how much I loved the game and you know what what that did to me, I I, I wanted to try it. Uh, but then in the end, two weeks before training camp, we uh, you know we came to a conclusion that I needed open heart surgery. We did a bunch of tests that fall, and I thought it was going to work out. Uh, but then you know. It was today or two days before I was about to leave for Washington. We had our last conference call with all the doctors, and we just realized I, I have to go to Cleveland Clinic and, and get it done two weeks later and start the recovery. So it was obviously my life was a little upside down there for for a little bit, but um, I, I keep telling people it was just not meant to be for me right. to play anywhere else. My heart in bed said no, and. I was in peace with that. A lot to be thankful for, especially finding that. And talk about great moments and memories for you. 
Uh, the night that they retired your number at Madison Square Garden, I watched it. I saw it. Unfortunately, I couldn't be there that night. I wanted to be there. Uh, it was an amazing night. And, you know, the fans have always loved you. Henrik, uh, tell me what that night was like for you, especially through the eyes of your two daughters, Charlize and Julie, 10 and 7 years old, understanding who dad is and what dad has accomplished in his life. It was incredible. Everything about it. You know, the ceremony itself, uh, you know, everything the organization did for me and my family that night, but also for the 15 years I spent with the organization. It just, everything turned out so much better than I expected. It, it was incredible. A moment, you know, memory for life. And like you said, to share that with my my kids, uh, my family, my all my friends. We had over 100 people there. And um. There were so many things that happened that I'm just so happy and grateful for. Yeah, I think back to that night, even that week, and, and it just makes me smile. So it was incredible. Think about this, Henrik, for a second. 96-year history of the New York Rangers. They're an original six team, and you are one of 11 guys to have his name up in the rafters, uh, you know, in Madison Square Garden. Have you really, has that sunk in yet, how important you were to the organization and the fan base? It's hard to, to take it in. That's why I feel like every week that goes by, you, you know, you try to understand a little bit more. But I, I was fortunate enough to play, I think, six or seven games at least when they retired numbers you know, throughout my career. You know, Messier and Leach and Richter and a bunch of guys. And, and it was just such a cool experience to be part of. And, and you realize the history of the organization and how much they value the history. And, and now to be part of that group of players, it's just such a huge honor. Oh, I hope they gave you free tickets for life at anything at the Garden because you deserve it. All right, we're just getting warmed up with the King. He doesn't like that nickname, neither do I, and we're going to tell you about his real nickname. We're about to reveal how a Swedish ski resort town produced twin world-class hockey stars. Stay with us as game time continues right after this. And I have a little game here that like we like to call it the Swede Spot. You ready to play it? Oh, my goodness. I should know this. Yes, you should know this. I'm sure you shopped here a million times. His name is John W. Nordstrom. Oh. (laughs) You're watching Game Time with Boomer Esiason. Welcome back to Game Time. Now, Henrik Lundqvist grew up in the small ski resort town of Ari, Sweden. But he and his twin brother, Joel, quickly became enamored with ice hockey. They skated in a frozen-over kindergarten sandbox, believe it or not, and later they shoveled the snow off of a nearby pond. At a youth team practice, the coach asked, who wants to play goalie? And Joel quickly raised Henrik's hand to volunteer his slightly older brother. Now, is, is that a true story, Henrik? That is true. He was a little quicker. He knew I was, you know, I wanted playing goal. It was something about the equipment. And one of my first idols growing up was uh, Peter Lindmark. He was the best goalie at the time back in the 80s in Sweden. And um, I was actually a soccer goalie as well. So, um, yeah, when he picked, uh, picked me there at first <laughs> practice, it, it, I guess it was meant to be. 
So what was professional hockey in Sweden like at that time when you guys were growing up? I think it was mostly, you know, the, the Swedish Elite League was good. But for me, it was all about the national team. That was the only time I watched hockey on TV. Back then, we had like four channels. Mm-hmm. So we, we got an opportunity to watch World Championships and Trick Kroner. That's the name of the national team. And that's how I started to, you know, create these big dreams and, and goals to one day play for my country. And as I got older, it was easier to start watching the NHL in North America. And But that was not until I was 11, 12, 13 years old. Before that, it was all about the national team. It was about the national team. I know that. And, and I know also you also became, I guess, uh, exposed to the NHL goalies during the NHL lockout over in Sweden when a lot of guys would go over there and play. When did you realize that maybe, just maybe, not only would you could become a world-class goaltender, but a goaltender that could actually survive in, in a league like the NHL? Well, I, to your point, I was very well prepared my last year in Sweden. Like you said, it was a, a lockout, so we probably had 10 NHL goalies come over and play my last year in Sweden when I was 22 and um, I had one of my better years and we ended up winning the championship. But, but the big thing for me was mentally knowing that I can compete against the best goalies in the world. And, and then when I moved to New York, different rink, you have a bigger size rink in Europe. So I think the big question for me, can I adapt my style to a smaller rink, more intense game? And, you know, with the help of the great goalie coach and, and a lot of training, I felt like that transition mm-hmm. went pretty smoothly. And, um, yeah, that first year was just living the mm-hmm. dream. You know, you move to New York and you get to play your first first NHL game. And uh, we also ended up winning the Olympics that year. So mm-hmm. I, I remember my rookie year in New York was uh, with so many things that just fell into place mm-hmm. and, and living the dream. That's yeah, what yeah, I remember. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, you know, it was a dream come true for Ranger fans. You were brought over to a backup Kevin Weeks. He gets hurt. And Don Maloney, the assistant general manager at the time, basically said that they didn't expect you to be the starter right away, even though you were 23 years old and you were, you know, they were going to put you in the AHL to get you accustomed to the smaller rink that you were talking about. And then lo and behold, Kevin gets hurt and you get your, you get your chance and you make the most of it. I always tell athletes all the time, you just never know when your opportunity is going to present itself. And when it does, you got to go attack it and you got to make it the best. Uh, you got to make it the best opportunity for yourself. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And, and to me, you know, coming from Sweden, I played for the national team three or four years, won a couple of championships. In my head, I was ready. I wanted to play. I wanted to be the guy. But, you know, the Rangers, they didn't know that much about me. So they wanted to put me in the minors. So, when I got that opportunity, I think mentally I was ready for it. And um, a lot of times I think that's the biggest hurdle as an athlete when you take that next step. Technically and physically, a lot of times you're you're in the right place, but are you in the right place mentally? And a lot of it is just you have that confidence and just know that you can do it type feeling. All right, we'll return with the winningest goalie in New York Rangers history after these messages. Brought to you by the Ford Bronco Sport. Built Ford tough. It's time for a change. Instead of working from home, work from your luxury suite at Midtown Manhattan's crown jewel, the Kimberly Hotel. Now offering special monthly rates with the most impeccable safety and hygiene protocols to keep you safe. Welcome back. 
to Game Time with Boomer Esiason. Former Rangers president and general manager Glenn Sather saw Henrik Lundqvist play one Swedish hockey league game in Gothenburg back in 2004. There was something about him, Sather said recently, the way he electrified the crowd, the way he was poised, the way he conducted himself, adding he was the epitome of a New York Ranger. You know, the thing that I wonder, and you look back on your rookie year, how did you not win rookie of the year that year? You were 30 and 12. I mean, like who else was in the league at that time that was a rookie? Well, you might have heard of uh, Sidney Crosby and Alex Ovechkin. Oh, yeah, that's right. The best they were players yeah. uh, <laughs> in the game. So I was up against pretty tough competition. But, yeah, no, I remember my uh, first three years being nominated for Best in the Trophy and then things were going really well. But, again, I was up against really tough competition. So <laughs> that's probably the number one reason why, why I didn't get it. You know, in your second year, you know, an oddity, you know, your brother Joel makes it to the Dallas Stars and you guys take the ice together and you're getting ready to play against him. Now, take me into that game for a second and what it must have been like. And what, did you talk to him before the game, like the day before or maybe the day of the game and what was said and how did that how did that end up? Yeah, you know, that, that was a very uh, special moment for both of us. Um, I spent every day of my life with my brother Joel and we were always on the same team, uh, junior team, national team, pro team in Sweden. And then at age 23, I moved to New York. And the first time in my life, we were not on the same team anymore. So it was weird, but we got used to it. And then <laughs> a year later, we get an opportunity to play against each other for the first time. And I remember he texted me the night before and uh, we were going back and forth a little bit. I was really nervous because mm -hmm. I knew if he was... If he was going to score, I was going to hear about it for the rest of my life. So um, I remember the game day. It was impossible not to think about it because all my teammates kept reminding me. Uh, but I had I had a really good game. But I remember being so nervous. And uh, at the same time, it, it was a surreal feeling, you know, being at that level, something we dreamt about for so long. And, and we were both in the league playing against each other. It was super cool. Yeah, it's super cool also to win the uh, the gold medal in the Olympics that same year. I mean, uh, beating Finland 3-2. to two. And I remember watching you in uh, the Olympics because you were our goaltender here as New York Ranger fans. And since it couldn't be the USA and it could be Canada, I mean, we might as well root for Henrik in Sweden. And uh, that had to be an amazing moment for you because, as you said, growing up, it was all about the national team and wearing that national sweater. Yeah, Um I think as an athlete, there's no better feeling uh, to go to the Olympics and to feel that you feel so proud representing your country. And the best feeling is really when you win and you stand there with your gold medal, you see the flag go up and you're holding your teammates and you hear the national anthem. It's, it's a, yeah, it's a great feeling. Just the overall experience was uh, something I'll remember for the rest of my life. You know, whatever it is about you, the one thing that I do know is that the bigger the game, for whatever reason, the better you play. And you're six and two in game sevens. What is it about you that you are able to raise your game at the most important time of the year? Playing those games, and you know this. I mean, when you play big games like that, you feel so alive. The pressure is huge. Um, but if you can just handle it the right way, the way you feel when you walk into that game, and especially afterwards if you win, that 
feeling. I, I think it's going to be hard <clears throat> to, to feel again. Yes. Uh, and I know that. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, great memories. And all these big games we played at home at the Garden, and there's no better feeling winning Game 7 at the Garden. All right, we're going to be back to chat about what Henrik Lundqvist is up to while he awaits enshrinement in the Hockey Hall of Fame. It's game time with Boomer Esiason. Welcome back, everyone, as we continue our conversation with the great Henrik Lundqvist. So how difficult is it now to look into that camera and be somewhat critical of the players, even though you're only out for one year now? Yeah, being critical is, it's not easy. No, I, I feel more comfortable talking about, you know, a lot of it is mindset and try to get the fan to understand what players are going through. And, and I think working at MSG Networks, uh, Steve Alicat, my former um, goalie partner, he's so technical. He's so educated in the game and he's pretty good at describing what's going on, good or bad. And for me, I think I, I try to angle it, you know, g- give the viewer an opportunity to more understand what they're thinking or sometimes I get technical um but yeah I, I rather lift guys up and be positive than try to be critical but maybe I need a couple of years before I get really <laughs> comfortable with being critical well I can tell you the older we get the more edge we have and a little bit more of a bite we have in our commentary but I will say this you've done something that I've never done on tv and that is play the guitar and having Paul Bissonette sing next to you on TNT I mean this is what they do to us Henrik you know we're we're retired now so they're going to try to make you do something that you're going to feel uncomfortable doing but actually it came off pretty good yeah <laughs> yeah no you know what to me now um life is about having fun I want to surround myself with people that are positive, great energy, that can inspire me. And that means also having fun. You know, working TV, I enjoy it. But to me, as much as it is working at a TV set, it, it's the people. It's the, the the guys you have around you and the crew working there. And, yeah, it's all about having fun. My, my focus been for the longest time was about performance and be the best I can be. Now it's about being happy and enjoying my time and so far it's it's been great yeah i'm just thinking where along the line could you have ever thought that you'd be playing the guitar and paul bissonette would be sitting next to you singing a song from metallica of all people oh my goodness it was unbelievable all right we're going to be back for a shootout with henrik lundquist right after this Drive into Manhattan for an unforgettable staycation at Midtown Manhattan's luxurious Kimberly Hotel. Treat yourself to New York City without the crowds, protected by our highest safety and hygiene protocols to keep your family safe. Welcome back to Game Time with Boomer Esiason. All right, we're back with Henrik Lundqvist, who once joked that five of ten people on the streets of New York are tourists. Three out of the remaining five don't care about hockey. Well, I don't necessarily believe that, Henrik, because I grew up here and I love hockey. But I know how competitive you are, and I have a little game here that like we like to call it the Swede Spot. You ready to play it? I'm ready. All right, here we go. First question. What's the difference between Swedish meatballs and Italian meatballs? 
Well, Italian, usually they're bigger and they're in tomato sauce for sure. Uh, Swedish meatball, I think they use more onion. And a lot of times we use mashed potatoes with it. Right, and they're smaller. You're right. My father used to make Swedish meatball. Yeah, my father used to make Swedish meatballs every Saturday for me. All right, which famous Swedish car company, now this should be pretty easy, there are only two to choose from, uh, was already installing three-point seatbelts way before they were legally required? I'm going to say Volvo. Yes, you are right. Okay, which Swedish women's golfer has the most tournament wins to her name? Annika Sordersam. That's right. By the way, she's coming out of retirement to play in the 2022 U.S. Women's Open, by the way. Maybe you'll come out of retirement. Yes. All right. This 19th century Swedish immigrant made his fortune in the Alaska gold rush. Then he opened a Seattle shoe store, which today is a chain, and you should know this as well, of fashionable retail department stores that bear his name. Who is he? Oh, my goodness. I should know this? Yes, you should know this. I'm sure you shopped here a million times. His name is John W. Nordstrom. Oh, yeah, Yeah. you say that. Name the Swedish actor who played Russian boxer Ivan Drago in Rocky IV and more recently in Creed II. Uh, Oh, I I know him. Hold on. Okay. We only Um, have a half an hour. Ivan Drago, that's... um, Dolph. Dolph Lundgren. Thank there you. There you go. Okay, good. And final question. Chances are teammates or friends have asked you to help assemble something that they bought from this Swedish furniture design company. Ikea? Who is the company? Yes, Ikea. Thank Ikea. you very much. <laughs> yeah, there you go. You know, Hedrick, it was great talking to you. I appreciate the time and uh, good luck in retirement, man. It looks like you're having fun. I'm having a great time. Thanks, Boomer. It's good to see you again. Our thanks to Henrik Lundqvist for joining us today and to all of you for watching on Boomer Esiason. I'll see you again real soon right here on Game Time. So close, no matter how far Couldn't be much more from the heart Forever, trust <laughs> That's how you get it. Forever you got to give it the Nothing else matters